0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the one and the only, maybe not the only, but definitely the best, collar and elbow wrestling podcast. It is me, Kenny Oak, your esteemed co host, joined. As always, by less esteemed, Chris Harris. Chris Bubs, how are you today? God, it feels I'd like good. To quickly address
1: what you're saying there, real quick. It's 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 irrelevant. Just move well, on. Not just real quick, just like the hit, intro. Hit no real, one's listening. They are. Um, I will be going her. now as uh, Charisma Chris.
0: Cari- and, Charisma and Chris. You'll
1: be going by No Charisma Ken. That I doesn't that even. That hashtag is trending as we speak. It's not. So I'll just put that one out to, there, to you, bubs. But otherwise, I'm doing good. I think we um, actually have to have a, ha- a hashtag get used. We do. My we, Why we love wrestling one is trending constantly. Is it? It's the only one that works.
0: So It's trending it's, because we're the ones using it.
1: I got seven retweets of that one today, this morning. Now I haven't okay, checked it this right. afternoon. But uh, I'm good, bubs. To be
0: fair, if WWE can constantly say that something something is trending worldwide worldwide oh wait, number one trend worldwide which I it clearly isn't clearly it isn't nxt takeover is not trending the number one trend worldwide
1: i wonder if we could ever call them out on that and they could pr- produce some type of fact because every show every pay-per-view at the least at least has three different number one worldwide trends yeah and it just makes makes me hate michael Cole more for that so
0: there's a hate plug for you too early I, though i don't Hate Michael Cole, but he can put on—he can do some good work. He's force-fed lines though that don't he sound is. natural,
1: and it's just not. So it's
0: not part. him that we should hate.
1: He's a puppet stooge.
0: He is. But it's not his fault. He's getting
1: paid. I know, and he's a veteran. He's been around for so long, so I don't. So long. I don't Hate him,
0: and he's done journalist work overseas. Bubs. No, he's well-rounded. Oh,
1: actually, good at what he does. Bubs. So, what? Big
0: news. Big news, okay. Uh, yes, Starting breaking our... here on the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast, okay. which you probably have already seen uh, yeah. if you're listening to this. But former Cruiserweight champ Neville is no longer under contract with the WWE. There was wow. There were some about,
1: tweets earlier about him being spotted in England by some fans, saying that he was with his mom. So.
0: Well, that doesn't tell me anything.
1: That doesn't, but it means he's very far separated from the WWE, at least physically or geographically. So,
0: man, that's a bummer, Bubs.
1: Uh, he, he's was the he was the 205 Live. He was he was the king of the cruiserweights. He was the reason that I cared about it at times. We've we've discussed this. Even he's recently. the only cruiserweight
0: champion I ever cared about.
1: Uh, that is not what this show is about. We could again get sidetracked right. about that, Bubs. So let's
0: uh, let's refocus. What this is about. Brought over NXT takeover, uh, even if it was just briefly. But NXT is a major topic on what we're talking about today. We we really got we got two main topics today, and the first one I want us to kind of delve into is is NXT itself. You know, NXT has long been considered, you know, in the same light as OVW, FCW. Uh, a developmental kind of a system, feeder system for the WWE, but and, and we've always treated it like that, right? It's always been treated as developmental. Oh, it's a demotion to go to NXT. Oh, you've been promoted to the main roster, you know? But but as of recently, it's kind of felt like it is, is NXT developmental or or has it graduated has it been promoted to kind of the, the the main roster? has it become its own brand like almost separate from WWE bubs it is the third brand of WWE and Ooh.
1: as far as the overall quality of it it's in second place Probably consistently over Raw because Raw has not been giving us consistent stuff. So as far as TV SmackDown and weekly shows, yeah, it is now consistently... And their pay-per-views, their pay-per-views especially, are setting them far apart. Those takeover events themselves have made this... This is not something you can call developmental. It's nothing even close to indie work anymore. We're getting amazing stars, especially on the brand. Now, we'll talk about what happens with them afterwards. But when they're there at NXT... It's the most watchable product. Monthly, if they did an NXT takeover monthly, we'd watch it. Their weekly programming is decent, usually, and sometimes better than that. But it's not a developmental anymore, and we have to actually start considering it, that third brand, that major TV spot okay. for
0: the week. And I agree. And NXT is something that I watch weekly. I watch all the takeovers. Um, I love everything that's happening in NXT. But uh, my question to you is is uh, relating to this topic, when did this kind of transition happen? When did we start looking as at NXT as a third brand and not just developmental?
1: When I started taking it more seriously, I'll say, was during the first Brooklyn Takeover. That's mm, when I realized okay. this, no, this is far more than just a a developmental type show with younger kids or younger people coming in from Indie World to work the, the WWE style. And from there, especially over the last year, and, and especially probably since the Champa Gargano stuff, it has very much separated itself from that old stigma yes. of being OVW, of being Florida Championship, of being 2012 Ooh. NXT. Florida where... Championship Wrestling was rough, Bob's. Yes, it wasn't it... good. That was true developmental. That was the, de- the developmental territory. And so was early NXT as well to the 2012 time frame. But since since that point, and more specifically over the past year, and maybe a little bit more for sure, it's no longer that. It's a place where, I mean, everybody goes. I mean, if you win, if you were an impact, if you were an ROH for a while, if you were in any indie world, you you go there first. Bobby Roode went there first, and he was somebody significant outside of the WWE. He went there, learned the style, came over, and now he's. I mean, he's stuck in mediocrity right now. But yeah, Nakamura, he's stuck in the main Ro, roster hell. Yeah, Finn Balor. These are big names that were formerly working outside of the WWE, but now they're used to learn the style and develop from that point, if we're calling it that, that's the only developmental point that I but see. But that, that
0: counts as developmental because they're, they're brought in and they're put into NXT originally so that way they can learn the WWE style. So from mm-hmm. from kind of that perspective, it still
1: counts as developmental, right? From that perspective only, yeah, absolutely. You come in here to learn the style that we want you to work, to learn how, how we call matches, to learn what is acceptable here and what's not acceptable here because outside of the WWE, there's a lot of things that are, I mean, appreciated by fans still. Like even a simple thing as like a chair shot to the head is accepted in other places outside of the WWE. So they come in here, they learn the WWE style and do a little bit of work. And before you know it, you're shot up to the main roster because you have the talent. McIntyre didn't spend... I mean, he had a cup cup of coffee in the NXT and an injury, yeah. and now and now he's hanging out in the upper mid card. So that, you know, that main, you, future main event, like absolute big future, time main event, future main event guy right there. But there's a lot of guys here, and this is the question that I really sparked to you the other day: was who can you tell me that came in as a as a green, you know, non wrestler came into the NXT development, not Florida Championship, not OVW, who started there? learned something, learned how to wrestle, and is now significant on the main roster. Because I went through a bunch of names, and I got a bunch of names I'm ready to throw at you, but I want to know if you can think of anybody off the top of your head that fits that, I developed an NXT, now I'm a
0: star on the main
1: roster category.
0: As a big-time star, uh, that's to me, that's what I've been racking my brain on for this last week since you've posed that question to me. Uh, You've got guys like Chad Gable uh jason jordan guys who didn't spend time you know in the indies you know came in learned to wrestle in nxt Hmm. uh you've if you've watched breaking ground you've seen a lot of guys that you know came in you know they're still in developmental you know if they're if they're even still uh, with the company but i guess gals like alexa bliss uh dana brooke uh, started, uh, learned their craft in NXT. Um, ooh, that's a good question, bubs.
1: The only major main eventer that I can think of and that you just named was Alexa Bliss. Who's yes. She's become a legitimate star uh, in the women's division on Raw and has held multiple titles already and main evented you know, that division at least. I
0: mean, now, everyone, on two separate brands.
1: Yeah, and she's done it for a while too. So she certainly has... Has gotten that craft down there as well. Everyone else that really came through that system was old Florida Championship or old OVW, where they spent time right. in that indie world. So this like NXT brand, guys. all the Shield guys were former indie guys or Florida Championship guys. So like you got guys like um, a couple names here. Like I'll just throw a couple out. You got Biggie Rusev, Aiden English, Bo Dallas, all successful Florida Championship guys.
0: And now right. where Bray
1: Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, yep. Yeah, all, all these guys that we're talking about, aside from
0: Bray Fondang- and... Fandango and was in an so, FCW. He was a former sunrise, yeah. tag team champion, I think. He was. And
1: outside of this now, people that have kind of left the organization, the only real relevant person that I can just think of off the top of my head is Juice Robinson, who's sitting right now in New Japan being the United States champion for holding the IWGP title. He was old uh, CJ Parker. C.J. Parker, and, he was and, like that hippie kind of character. Yeah, and outside of that, the only true NXT guys that weren't Florida Championship are Baron Corbin, I know for sure, and I think Mojo Rawley. Yes. So Corbin has been put in that spotlight at times. He's been given the
0: money in the bank and now he's hanging around, you know, doing this weird Corbin is tradition. someone that has so much more potential than what they're kind of... I, I could definitely tell a big improvement on his mic skills. Sure. He's gaining a lot of confidence with this new Constable Corbin character that he has, or I guess the new uh, the Raw GM, GM for yeah. the time being, which is weird to think because, you know, he's someone that you see as, you know, this huge potential as a singles wrestler, yet he's put in these authority positions. That's yeah. something you don't really see except for kind of older wrestlers that are coming down from their careers. But to your point, um, if if you think of the guys that are uh, in the main event scene right now in WWE, so you've got Seth Rollins. He's a former indie star who honed his craft in NXT, learning the uh, WWE style. Uh, Dean Ambrose, another guy, came from the indies, John Moxley. Um, you've got AJ Styles, who made a huge name for himself around the world before ever coming to. He was an established star before getting into the WWE. Um, really, some of the only guys that are in the main event that are solely WWE developed, at least right now, I see are, you know, guys like Roman Reigns and Randy Orton. Um... Really, other than that, now that Brock Lesnar's gone, who who has been solely developed by WWE? That's in the main event scene. A lot less, and Randy Orton's even Ovi. Because gone he, are the days, are where, yeah, gone are the days, are where with Edge, John Cena, Randy Orton, you know, H, well, even HBK had some indie time, but just like a lot of these these main eventers were purely WWE created stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Lashley, you know, just a ton of the the mid two thousands. It was just solely John Laurinaitis's, you know, kind of guys that he he hired were running the main event. Triple H also. So you had nothing but pure WWE guys. Uh, but now you're seeing the main event scene is populated by guys that made their names outside of WWE. Right, but wrestling's what's,
1: gotten so big now that there's so many indie developments and there's so many indie programs that it's easy for the wwe to just snatch up who, who's ever hot and bring them to nxt and pay more money because people want to be able to work on the biggest stage right
0: right which brings us back to the point of nxt becoming a third brand uh as opposed to developmental can can nxt you know really promote itself as like the indie fans dream you know we're going to bring in all of your favorite indie stars But they're going to be on NXT, but they're still part of the WWE umbrella. Yep. But this is our indie brand. This is where pure wrestling fans come to watch.
1: Which is why it's become such an attraction is because it's in the WWE envelope, so it's available on the network, so we can see it whenever we want. We can pull up any match we ever want in high quality because the WWE production is giving us that. But now I can see Psycho Killer Champa doing the best oh, work of his career. Project Champa all over another, you know, indie yes. star in in Gargano and a handful of other guys like Alister Black, former Tommy End is gets mm-hmm. people's attention as well. So yeah, it's become its own brand, but it's not, you know, the main event WWE style that we're used to seeing. It's it's pure work with some decent good storylines. Some people right. have decent characters, but the moves and the matches that we see are I mean, they're getting Dave Meltzer wet as we speak, Bubs. So, and,
0: and here's the here's the I think connection between all this. So, if you remember, in the height of the Attitude Era, uh, there wasn't a lot of technical wrestling going on. It was a lot of brawling. The main event was littered with, you know, just these big overbooked brawls. You know, Rock and Rock and Stone Cold were they they could wrestle. You know, they could put on a good wrestling match, but that wasn't really their style. You know, the main event was littered with these wild, you know, escapades. Mm -hmm. Up until 1999, around August 23rd, I think, or 22nd, when Triple H won his first WWF championship. From Mankind. From Mankind on Raw. The Raw after SummerSlam, because... With with, uh, Shane as the ref. Ooh, pulling out some facts here. I like it. Exactly, and... Because Stone Cold didn't want to drop it to Triple H. He dropped it to Mankind instead. Mm. But Triple H winning the title is when the main event scene started to become more of a technical wrestling kind of area. So WWE in that time brought in guys like Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, um, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, Eddie Guerrero, just pure technical wrestlers. And so because of that, Triple H had these guys he can work with, had these guys that he could put on good old school kind of territory type matches, you know, go after body parts, you know, t- tell the, tell a strong story with, with wrestling and holds. And it was great. That's when kind of we really tr- started to develop our love of pro wrestling. And so now that Triple H has control of his own brand – in NXT, that's the kind of matches that we're getting. Every everything is just this technical classic. There's right. no crazy brawls or anything going on, minus Gargano and Champa, just because of the type of feud that that is. And you're still going to have those kind of matches but for the most part the reason why NXT is so popular the reason why it's so critically acclaimed is because the style of matches that are put on is they're telling such a deep intricate emotional story with, with wrestling holds with, with with putting on a technical wrestling match and we're and we're eating eating it up and buying into it
1: 100%. We really are we As you look back now, we kind of romanticize what the Attitude Era was. It was all kinds of characters that we loved. And, you know, storylines were kind of ridiculous, but they were very repetitive. And Mm -hmm. the match work, though, like you're saying, was really not there. But at that time, when we were younger, especially, we didn't care about match technicality or anything like that. So as that transition happened, especially in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, when we were getting away from that, I mean, a big change was happening, and wrestling was getting bigger in general. There were, that's when a lot of indie promotions began to start their work across the country as well. So that's when stars began to be created throughout throughout the country that people then, you know, fell in love with. And you know, at, that keeps going through time. And now here we are with that. So back back to the point is, we look back at a lot of these major names that I named, like the the Big E's and the Rusev's and the stuff like that, and the Bray Wyatt's. They were in florida championship that was 2009 2010 2011 that's a long time ago at this point so we we may be looking a little you know too soon at this product when we're looking for that true nxt developed star i mean bray wyatt was doing his work almost 10 years ago in florida championship and then he got his wwe title opportunity last year husky Harris. so we may have to wait a little bit to actually see that guy who came into the system Whose name is And the we all team
0: know team. who, yeah, thank you. And we <laughs> who, all
1: know who's going to pop and become yes. the biggest star because right now we're getting still, because it is a hip thing, we're getting guys that are great in the indie world and you're, they're going to be signed by WWE and they're going to yes. bring in a new era of fans, bring more buys to the network.
0: Like and, Ricochet
1: and Adam Cole. Exactly. And that's going to be, it's going to continue to happen, but eventually. Or, or Roderick
0: Strong, if you ask the IWC, you know. Oh,
1: man. He's amazing <laughs> talent though, he is. Oh. He's not he <laughs> is.
0: But he's not his heel turn has not moved the needle no, for me. Not not so much. It, it was nice, but not incredible. It was great. It was great because it cost you the that weekend
1: of picks. It did. I had the opposite <laughs> pick on that for one reason. But um a couple of things I also want to talk about uh, on this NXT thing, Bubs, is we talked about when you think of about an NXT star, at least believe it or not. His NXT title reigns and Florida championship title reigns are bigger than anybody's. So the question with that is why, when people transition to the main roster, we don't have to use him as a specific example because there's tons. When people come up to the next brand, why is it that we're kind of losing our um, our investment in the character a little bit? Why is that happening so much? Bobby Roode is a recent example. My perfect example is Ember Moon. Like, Why are people falling into mediocrity when this
0: should be used as a big... Uh, a big uh, step in a career well i think and of course anyone is going to say oh it's because creative doesn't know what they're doing but and i think it, that has something to do with it but not in the way that people like to think people like to think that creative is incompetent when really that's not the case because there's been quite a few storylines over the last few years where i've gotten emotionally invested into um i think what the issue is is that because NXT is thought of as developmental, and that's one of the things that I think Triple H is trying to kind of stop by saying, you know, when he says, "Does, does it look like what we, this is developmental after tonight?" Right. Um, is that that that's that's what they think when they bring up these people? It's like, yeah, the the big the fans, the hardcore fans are going to know who this person is, but the casual fans, they they don't watch NXT. They don't watch our developmental brand; they're not gonna mm-hmm. know. So it's more of a kind of slow burn to build up that person, when in fact we're ready for them already. Right. To become big stars.
1: Been ready for them because I, yes. I only bring up Dallas as an example because now he's. I love he's Bo do, Dallas. Though he's doing well now, you know, he's a tag champ. He's r- running that. the The team is doing fine. He was and is still, at least resume considered wise, the best talent that came from the nxt brand winning championships at least so he held that title for a hot minute he was great when he was in that he position and, and a lot of guys you just gotta believe oh god i <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys were but it's it also comes in the same time is, is timing a thing as well like oh uh, absolutely I, I brought up ember moon as the example did ember moon have to be moved up to the main roster already, because now no. she's, she's in women's division mid-card mediocrity, losing, winning, losing, winning, 50-50 booking, nothing happened really, there was no big pop to her coming up no. to the main roster, and that's really what I want to see, is when, I, when we're getting so invested into a character on NXT, and say they drop a title, and we pretty much can assume that they're going to be moved up. Why aren't right. they thrust into something very significant that dr- keeps our attention, that keeps our investment in that character so that we can jump from NXT love to main main roster SmackDown or Raw love? I don't know why that's not happening.
0: And and I think another great example sticking with the women's division is Asuka. You know, in NXT, she was just this absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, we loved watching, you know, to see how she was going to d- destroy her next opponent. Yeah. You know, when, sh- when she... They didn't even make her drop the title. They they had to strip her of the title they with, let with, an injury, yeah. with an with an injury that I don't even think was was real. Yeah, it, it might have been just, a small injury, but it wasn't a match stopping or a career been, no. stopping. So she comes up to the main roster. We're all excited. It's the Empress of Tomorrow. She's going to come in and dominate. And I guess she kind of did at first, but until WrestleMania, she did. As soon as that loss. Happened at Wrestlemania uh, who's Asuka anymore where is Asuka too she wasn't on the SummerSlam card no So that's it, a, it's that's almost as if point. she's
1: just you know we, we've forgotten all about her she should be booked very similarly to how she was in NXT I want to see her dominate
0: she, she should be champion on Smackdown and come Survivor Series it should be Asuka versus Ronda Rousey in a champion versus champion match oh I'd love to see it and but. that ends in like a draw or a count out because you can't have either of them lose. Right. But unfortunately, that's not what we've gotten.
1: Uh, I don't know. She is a good example. I am glad you brought that up. And a couple of things that I did want to talk about before we moved on from this was we we have a lot of guys that we love on NXT right now. Yes. we we've talked about the dream for sure. But Alistair Black, Ciampa, the Undisputed Era, EC three, just oh. to name a few. Tona Reeves. Guys, how, <laughs> kidding <Okay>. gross premature <laughs> um, yes
0: he's terrible sorry but sorry
1: kona these guys that we talk about and guys that we love right now how do you want them to come up to the nx or from the nxt brand like i'm talking for example when alistair black gets called up whenever that is who do you want to see him thrust into a feud with so you can continue to care continue to stay invested and go okay now i love alistair black on the smackdown roster he's my second favorite on the roster how do you keep that excitement? with a guy like that or I, a Champa or anyone in
0: I don't know if I want him on the Smackdown roster because then WWE would be too inclined to put him in a feud with Almas. And I I want I don't want that. I love Andrade seeing Almas and he has bigger things ahead of him. Okay. Um, I, that's a wonderful question and that's something that man, I wish you would have posed to me uh, earlier this week. Because I would a, have loved it to time to think about it, right? But it doesn't, in, but that's a great question in, in because that's one though. of the that's one of the biggest issues is the moment that these guys are called up. Uh, you know that has so much to do with the aura that is created around them. When Chris Jericho debuted for the WWE, how that happened is still talked about as one of the greatest uh, introductions to a character of all time. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll always remember when AJ Styles appeared at the Royal Rumble. Uh, it's just those kind of moments create a, an aura around uh, that specific wrestler, and it makes you always remember that moment because it's a special moment. Yeah. It's a big moment. If someone doesn't get that, then it's almost like, okay, that's just a new face that I'm going to not care about. Like when, when Tyler Breeze debuted, you know, di- did we care at all? He went straight into a low, lower card feud with Dolph Ziggler, and then he just got pushed down as far as he could. Right. It, it's all about the moment that's created when they debut.
1: And if you if they debut guys in a mediocre way, then they're going to continue to be stuck in mediocrity. If you debut them yes. with a mid card guy, well, you can expect them to work that mid card level. But if you if they have real aspirations and think that the potential is high on someone like like a champa or a velveteen dream i want them to debut in the face of somebody like a roman reigns or an aj styles or Or a john cena or a john cena right because velveteen
0: dream getting called up to to come face to face with john cena you tell me that that does not create sparks i want john cena to hold
1: a mid-card title and have him do an open challenge just like he did with kurt angle i love
0: john cena and so he comes much. out. And
1: the, I, but that's, that's a good example, though. I want these guys to come out and debut in a very significant way so I can always draw back to that and think, dang, you debuted on John Cena? Now look at you four years later, main eventing WrestleMania. I feel like that had something right. to do with it, right? But um, it, we're not going to get that with everybody. That's an unrealistic yeah. expectation. But if they have... If they think the potential is high on one of these call-ups, you have to do something significant. You have to put them in a spotlight situation and see how they handled it. I would love if Vince randomly said to the Dream one night, hey, you're debuting tonight on Raw. In an hour, you're cutting a promo to lead off the show and see how we handled it. And if he could handle it and cut a promo on somebody, then dear God, look what we have, right? But exactly. there's, there's, there's a lot of risk involved with that because I mean, there, there that, is, there's because there's a lot of
0: investment that's yeah. put into these guys. They're, they're paid a good amount of money um the amount of promotion that goes into it it there's a lot of risk like you said involved and that moment has to resonate with the fans right you can't just you can't just put someone out there you can't just throw mojo riley out there and say hey cut a 15 minute promo to start raw you know this is your big break buddy because it's just it's not going to work Right,
1: and the risk of them flopping because they really weren't ready isn't worth you know the risk of them just coming into a mid-card feud and slowly building themselves up in a more casual right. and softer way. But I would I, I would love to see somebody thrown in that situation and then we come to find out that it was real and that they handled it perfectly. And right. someone who can cut a promo would be able to do something like that. But that's just an example, Bubs, because that's that's going to be my biggest hindrance. We'll talk about it at the end of the show is uh, how this call-up process is happening. So.
0: NXT. Okay, we're going because I wanted to kind of talk about the whole call up thing. Uh, if you want to talk about that later on, okay, I'll I'll be okay with that because I do have something I want to bring up okay. about that. Very so you good want to go ahead and uh, jump into kind of the 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 main event, the the hot topic of debate for tonight's show?
1: I would love to get into that because I know you've been waiting for it. I'm very much ready for it at this point. Okay. So this is what all my tweets have been about uh, oh. yesterday and today. So I'm ready to talk about it, bub. So let's go. Yes.
0: One one of the biggest kind of hits that we've gotten on, you know, our Facebook page, on Twitter, always seem to be about CM Punk, right? He's considered, and this isn't, from me, I'm just basing it off of what I see from fans all over the internet and it's that CM Punk is almost on a god level you know, he can do no wrong he is one of the best wrestlers to have ever laced up a pair of boots one of the best talkers to ever grab a hold of a mic and one of the uh, best characters uh, with one of the best promos cut uh, of all time on this side of hulk hogan okay is 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 that perception right is that what you're seeing also that that is in general the
1: very much the majority of what many of the fans many of the people we interact with on various pages think and even today perfect perfectly timed today I tagged you in something with an individual who was very serious that said that he has a debate between Austin, Jericho, and CM <sighs> Punk as the true wrestling goat.
0: I tagged you in that, Bubs. Is that how it went? I thought I tagged yes. you in that. No, okay. I saw that, and I just had to get you yeah. involved. Nevertheless. Maybe that, you,
1: either way, it was terrible. I'm not sure how it went, but we saw <sighs> it. We, we judged it. We took it for what it was, and it's an opinion. I love wrestling, right? Because we can all have mm-hmm. opinions. It's very subjective. You think one thing. I think another, right? That is exactly. Cool.
0: And but, we come on the show, and we talk
1: about it, and, and we debate it back and forth. And we do. And this is something can, I can think right now, 20 people who I'd call the GOAT before I would call CM Punk right now. So there's a lot of things that, like you said perfectly, he has been, and I even said it earlier, he's been romanticized. And he's, yes. been, he's been created as a god because timing was right the pg era was sucking john cena was getting far too much love and his real slash kayfabe slash shoot promos that he was doing just hit people right where they needed to be hit at the right time and now that he's left and he did
0: leave and he hasn't come back to wrestling people and and that's the thing he he left he he wasn't fired he wasn't kicked out he walked out he walked on to not right only the home. wwe but he walked out on all wrestling fans and said that he doesn't want to do wrestling anymore wrestling's yeah. not for him anymore so that it says a
1: lot about the guy i respect his decision to walk away all that Yeah, oh, yeah cool, absolutely right? i have no issues with with that but the re- the discussion that we're really going to get in here today is and i and i truly hope honestly bubs real quick i hope this is the last time we discuss cm punk on the show <laughs> I, re- I really do
0: like I said um, earlier when I brought this up, I wanted to just get this out the way. You know, it's something we need to talk about it. Yeah. And, and it's better to just do it now than have to sit and wait and kind of yeah. moan and groan about it. We'll, we'll talk about it now because it's it's been a
1: hot-button thing recently due to Colt Cabana now filing a lawsuit on Punk. Punk was yes. apparently – he told Colt that he would pay all the legal bills when they were getting into – with with Dr. – Amen amon dr amon chris amon yeah um Ouch. and apparently that 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 near half a million dollars that is now left unpaid punk has failed to keep his promise and sports, sports illustrated is saying that he was quoted as punk has failed to keep his promise leaving him with unpaid bills of 513 plus thousand dollars according to the lawsuit yes so that and... is um that's some of the negative heat that Punk has received recently, leaving out and leaving a good friend of his, Colt Cabana, kind of out there. Well, formerly
0: a good friend of his, because if yeah, you remember, well, they had sure. a falling out once. Colt they... uh, went to a WWE show in the midst of the lawsuit, and really, the main, the only reason Colt Cabana was brought into it was because the WWE was really hoping to have him turn on CM Punk during the trial. Yeah, that's really, the The trial itself was against Punk, but the WWE brought in Cabana, uh, so that because they needed someone to turn on somebody. Yeah. But even with the animosity that they had, they they stuck to their guns and ended up winning, the lawsuit. And it sucks that Cabana got kind of dragged into this and now is being saddled with you know a quarter of a million dollars worth of legal fees that he didn't know that he was going to have to pay. I'm sure if he knew uh, hindsight that he, because I've heard him talk about how stressful this, this whole, I, this whole thing was. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if he knew in hindsight, what was going to happen, he would have backed out a long time ago. Right. Colt Cabana, though he's
1: successful in what he does in the indie world, in the ROH world, in his podcast world, he's not a multimillionaire. He's not a guy who can go through a lawsuit like this and think, "Ah, it's just money." He's, yeah, his here's life 250 like grand. I have that lying yeah, around. That's that's not his life. So uh, hindsight, for sure, I'm sure he he would have ba- been able to back out of this and think that now it's not something I really want to get into. But right. he was he was in. I wouldn't say dragged into it initially, but when they interviewed the WWE doctor, there was. That he wanted to bring both of them into the lawsuit because the initial podcast that was done the, on uh, the Art of Wrestling where Punk started drawing or dragging his name through the mud type thing, that's kind of why Cabana's name was thrown out there because it was his podcast, he was interviewing him, he has widespread use of that podcast and the internet and all kinds of stuff. But he would have been able to say, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. But Punk probably saying that, hey, I'll cover all your fees, 100% you'll be covered. I mean, as a friend, I'd say, okay, cool, he's got my back. I'm going to be in on you with this. But now he's saying, ah, yeah, not so much. I'll pay half. Now that's a huge sum of money that a guy in the indie world and an ROH commentator really can't pull out of his pocket, bubs. So that's why a lot of fans now, and rightfully so, are kind of turning on Punk for that, saying, oh, what a shitty human being that is if all this turns out to be true, as it says.
0: Which, Which is funny because we've, at least I have known Punk to kind of be a shitty human being for quite a while. This isn't anything new for for some people. Um, it just took something this kind of drastic to kind of finally open up everybody's eyes. But let's kind of go back and look at the, at least the career that we've known of CM Punk. I don't know how far you've uh, gone back on... Uh, CM Punk and watching some of his old matches and following him through his WWE career.
1: Initially, ECW at best, and then some stuff before then, but I, I didn't care about him at okay. that point.
0: Now, I've seen quite a bit of his ROH stuff. Uh, he's had some, he's put on some really good matches in uh, ROH, uh, but his time in WWE, it's, it's looked at as one of the greatest runs, you know, in history that he just put on these amazing matches but honestly in in retrospect going back and watching i i find myself not being that entertained with his in-ring style which is funny because you know one of his contemporaries Daniel Bryan is definitely one of my top 3 favorite wrestlers of all time yeah. um but to me i punk just didn't have i guess the kind of in-ring style that really got me sucked in and invested into matches.
1: Matchwork for him always it always left something to be desired when I when I'd watched him him wrestle. His promos were always very good. That was always never yes. going to be an issue for him. Now as far as him good. Being, him being mm-hmm. him being considered, you know, one of the best all time, there's really that really stems from the 434 reign, right? That long-ass one that he had. And in 2010, 11, 12, 13-ish, there wasn't many people that were better than him. Is that why that
0: stupid site is called that?
1: Yes, that's why.
0: Oh, God. Now
1: you get it. Damn it. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Yes, the 434. You know you follow it. Uh, They're they're trash, though. Let me trash them real quick. I do not like you guys. Um, but he's, like, the sixth sixth longest reigning champion, 434 days, consecutive wrestler of the year, multiple championships. He's won two money in the banks. He's a triple crown winner. Like, he has a decent-looking resume, right? Right. And he he even did some stuff with some stables. The Straight Edge Society did not work, but he did that. Uh, he did New Nexus. The New Nexus, which did not work. Right, so that that's certainly not a thing, so he's not going to be remembered for that. He's really truly only remembered... For dropping the pipe bomb. Like, looking back, I mean, his the Money in the Bank match with John Cena, epic. Love it. Deserved everything. That and I
0: think it, that it's it, mostly it epic because of John Cena. Like, who's involved? Like, if that's anyone else in that match oh, with yeah. him, we're just thinking, okay, that was a decent match. But yeah. because of John Cena and the stakes involved and the story that WWE told and created, mm-hmm. it made for a stellar kind of moment and and a stellar uh, I guess what the just environment like everything was was great and because it was in Chicago that's what made it the crowd made it so much better I loved it yeah and from that outside of that like his
1: his 434 uh, day reign doesn't do it for me being a triple crowner doesn't do it for me I mean the guy got left because he had legitimate gripes he wanted more money he he felt he should main event WrestleMania, and he wasn't given every bit of creative that he wanted, and then of course all the medical issues that he said he had with the the medical staff and stuff. So he's mostly just a griper that never got things his way. Who has a de- who has a decent resume? Who was very hot for a good two years, but wanted more and wanted the world given to him. And right. outside of that, he he cut the shoot promo, and he's had the microphone cut off on him because he you know he called Triple H Paul Levesque in the ring and things like that. So people remember that and think, oh man, he's, he's breaking all these rules. Like he's, he's, he's one of us. He's given me everything that I'm, that I'm not, you know, for, he really was, you know, like I told you earlier, like wrestling had been trapped in the John Cena PG era for so long. Right. Right. And punk came in and he kind of broke that one through character, but also through a little bit of him. Right. It wasn't just him. He was the symbolism of, of a different non-John Cena time in the WWE. Would he's you been, call
0: him the voice of the voiceless?
1: Yes. And by any chance. To his, to his credit. And he's always going to be that symbol. And that's something that the IWC has used to make him the god, as he was the difference. He was the anti-hero to the hero of John Cena in the PG era. And he did a couple things on the microphone, he can, and he can cut some great promos. But outside of that, your resume looks really good. I, I'll give you that. You've done some nice things. You've been in wrestling for a long time. But you're not a god. You're not GOAT. I mean, you're decent at best, and I wasn't a fan of you.
0: So when we, when we did our Mount Rushmore of wrestling uh, two years ago, or close to, maybe a year and a half ago, I don't remember, um, he wasn't even mentioned as an honorable mention for either of us. He's not no. someone that ever came up in kind of my, my psyche as someone that I would put on the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling, we had guys like Flair, Hogan, Stone Cold, uh, The Rock, Vince McMahon, uh, Bruno San you know, superstar Billy Graham, John Cena, guys that transcended uh, pro wrestling, transcended uh, just what transcend, transcended what we know and love as pro wrestling. You know, they became pop culture icons mm-hmm. would you consider outside of the wrestling world do you do you think many people know who's if you went up to walked up to some random person on the street and asked them hey what can you tell me about cm punk what would they do you think they'd be able to to say anything i
1: would think that's a small minority maybe a few more than the average the other average reg- wrestler like a CM Punk because he's now stepped into that UFC circle. So people that watch sports But that's in been general, such a catastrophic failure. Well, it has, but he's gotten a lot of exposure from sports sites and, and TV and stuff because of his transition to that. So only a small mon- minority who watch sports and would be able to transition maybe to that UFC audience and stuff like that. Outside of that, absolutely not. The guy... He's he didn't transcend anything for a very short period of time. He was the he was the best wrestler going, and he really oh yeah, wasn't he was the, the top
0: guy at the time. Absolutely. In that to, in two thousand and twelve, he was the top guy. Yeah, in WWE, and you know, yes, he probably deserved um, to main event more shows. He does probably deserved to be kind of put on the front of the poster because he was the champion. Right. Um. So I understand that kind of gripe, but, you know, he's not – going back to my point, uh, he's not someone that I think if, you know, I asked – if I asked some random person, hey, you know, if I put I put my hand in front of my face and I wave it in front of my face, they're going to be like, oh, I can't see you. You're John Cena, Yeah. and I won't even have to say anything, or, you know, you – it's just the people that you put – Uh, on that pedestal are people that have transcended wrestling that are pop culture icons and that just the the average joe will know even if they watch or don't watch wrestling
1: do you think it's a a legitimate gripe that he should have main evented a wrestlemania in either of those years probably 11 or 12 do you think that that could have sold or helped sell you know i mean for example like network buys now would that have been a thing then um seats at at wrestlemania would he have helped sell that if he was pushed as the main event
0: so do you think he would be able to outsell the rock and john cena that's 2011 i mean 2012 that was 2012 yes okay i'm got my timeline back um
1: he wanted his match against the Undertaker to main event when in he 2013 when he, when he drew the Undertaker the next year. Okay, but so two years prior, he had brought up the gripes of saying, "I want to main event a WrestleMania." So he was never really specific, at least from what I've been able to read, but he felt that he deserved a draw. So his his biggest. Okay, so in 2011,
0: was... the Miz defended the WWE Championship against John Cena john cena is a de facto wrestlemania main event yep. um did see C- i don't even remember who cm punk neither was
1: do i
0: i'm like racking my brain because i remember watching that wrestlemania yep. i've i've re-watched them all since for sure and i can't even think
1: right now if he walked in with a title y'all be at a world title
0: because edge was the world heavyweight champion okay he defended against alberto no he defended oh no no
1: you're right because
0: that was that was when he had to retire the next Mm -hmm. night and john cena was the wwe champion um was cody Rhodes no cody rhodes was the ic champ the next year when he lost to the big show See, I don't know. I don't know if CM Punk is right, even I,
1: on the card. I think that's, I think that's,
0: a, that's a great point Oh, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus wrestled for the US title in a dark match. We both just randomly decided to talk
1: about a year and we can't remember CM Punk even being on the card.
0: Yeah, so, I'm throwing out all these random matches because yeah. it was Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. You had John Morrison and uh, Trish Stratus and Snooki oh. in, <laughs> in an intergender triple threat match. Um... Yeah, I couldn't tell you if CM Punk was even on the card. So uh, the uh, the hottest storyline
1: or a few that he had going was the John Cena one, right? And maybe you can say the Triple H one as well because when Triple H was playing that COO slash wrestler character then, it was pretty good stuff, and they did some matches. I think they did Night of Champions was a good match they did. But outside of that, yeah, nothing... You had Kevin Nash involved in that too. Yep, Kevin Nash sure as hell blew Gross. the finish for him there. But, I mean... To looking back, like, what could they have booked to get to get Punk a main event WrestleMania? Would it have it would
0: have had to have been John Cena? At uh, the time? Maybe uh, him wrestling Chris Jericho in twenty twelve for the title? Maybe. Maybe,
1: but there's bigger stars than even Chris Jericho on yeah. the card at that point. I would have so. rather have
0: seen Triple H and 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 Undertaker in the end of an era match, which was phenomenal Mm -hmm. one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. That would have been a much better no, not no. I the main event that we got was great. John Cena versus The Rock was perfect for what it it was. You know, the once in a lifetime or Mm -hmm. the once before the second time in a lifetime. First of the two in a lifetime, yeah. Um but yeah that in in two thousand twelve there was no way he'd be able to main event. In two thousand and thirteen we got Rock and Cena too. That's not as exciting, but okay. it's still main event worthy. That was for the title, so they made it main event worthy. Yes. Yeah. Um a lot of people say he should have been interjected into and made that into a triple threat match. Nope. And that just wouldn't it would defeat the purpose of what WWE was building yeah at the time. Ruins the booking. So now two thousand fourteen The Daniel Bryan year, um, it's kind of funny how CM Punk walks out and then all of a sudden uh, he walks out for all these many reasons. And then all of a sudden Daniel Bryan is main eventing, wrestling two matches Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania. One against Triple H and then the other one against Batista and Randy Orton. You know, kind of the antithesis to CM Punk, the the, the unassuming kind of indie darling that just is like, hey, I'm here. Put me where you need me, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my best. And the crowd got behind him. And I don't care what anyone says that his ascension to the main event was—it was happening. It had yeah. been happening since the year before. Um, I don't see CM Punk being in that spot. I don't see it making as big of as much of an impact as Daniel Bryan being in that spot. Even though there's rumors that that was originally supposed to be CM Punk, and ha-
1: and had they been able to build that similarly to how they did the Daniel Bryan thing, it could have worked, right? There's there's ways that it could have, but of his major gripes, it was that it was that he wanted more money and that he wanted more creativity. I can understand the more money thing. Everybody in that position should, be oh, yeah, a lot absolutely. more, right? That's cool. Creativity for your, especially characters? if you're a sure. top guy for that long. Oh yeah, the creativity thing I can understand as well because as good as he was on the you know on the mic. He could do a lot of things that I think could have been better than what creative was writing. So maybe with that one. But the the real gripe I have and the reason that I asked it is because you want a main event WrestleMania. Every wrestler's dream is to main event WrestleMania. If you right. and I became professional wrestlers tomorrow, our major dream would be to main event that show. WrestleMania 52, you and I, right? Of course. I mean, that's already booked. With, yeah, I mean, it is it's booked. We'll, we'll see what happens. Hell in a uh, cell, bubs. You right. and me. But throw return, me off to make that a real gripe and and a legitimate reason as to why you have reasons to leave the world wrestling entertainment industry is i mean th- there's a lot of cockiness in that bubs there's a lot of a uh, lot of arrogance and belief he, i mean he's belief he believes in himself i'm cool with that and that's good
0: but everyone should have that belief in themselves but to yeah. to think that you over established stars that have much bigger star power than you Mm-hmm. Yes, you have a ton of followers in the, you know, pure wrestling world. Right. People, you know, follow him as if he is a deity. But outside of that world, not he is why people make fun of professional wrestling. They see a guy who's like, oh, his name's CM Punk. Like, he, he doesn't look like he's that tough. And you watch his wrestling, you're just like... I mean, it's okay, I guess. But pure wrestling fans love it. Yeah. But people on the outside, not so much. And so you can't entrust, you know, your entire show. You can't put all of your eggs into that basket just because I don't think he would be able to carry that basket.
1: And in the end, I'm glad they didn't actually trust him with something like that because there were bigger stars at the time John Cena was still the world at this point he was still you know doing everything right and there was still there was a small section of cena haters at that point in this 2010 11 12 13 you know time frame right um, not not like it really is now and it really shows that unfortunately i think also it really shows that you can be as you know one of the best on the mic you can have a, a well developed character you can have put in work in the indie world you can have a good in ring style that's that can get you through a match but even then it's still not enough to be the best guy on the roster as good as punk really was and he really was good at some at some things he yeah, you, as good as you was you
0: don't become the the top guy you don't become the champion if you aren't good Yeah and and that's what he was he was really good you know, but that's that's kind of where I leave it. They they always talk about Daniel Bryan being a B plus player. I think CM Punk is the kind of poster child for the B plus player. Yeah. You know he he was a really great talker. Okay, but he wasn't one of the best. To to become a goat, you have to be whatever you're good at. You have to be the best at it. Yeah. Bret Hart was the best in ring technician. Could he cut a promo? Yeah, he he could, but they weren't yep. they weren't good. They weren't great, I mean. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the just best talkers of all time. Could he put on a you know technical wrestling match? He could. He didn't put on, you know, the best matches, but the guy the guy could talk and get you invested. Same with Hogan. Same yeah. with John Cena. Those guys are considered the best. Ric Flair, the best in-ring wrestler, performer. Shawn Michaels, the best in the ring. You know, all of these guys were the best at something. They lacked at other things, but they were the best at what they were good at. CM Punk, to me, was like he's like that team on NCAA football back in the day where you got your ratings, where it's like B, uh, A+, plus, you know, um, <laughs> To, to me, he had Bs all the way down, maybe a B-plus uh, in the promo department. I'd say B, B-plus in-ring. I, yeah. I never got his style. I was never all that into it, and I don't think it ever evolved much once he got into WWE. He never seemed to better himself. Um, but when he was put in the right situation with the right opponent, he put on really good matches like yep. with john cena brock lesnar he put on a great SummerSlam match with brock lesnar but how many times have we said about somebody well when they're put with the right person they they can have a pretty good match right i mean but when you anyone could put on a good like, match with hbk match good. <laughs> exactly yeah and you read my mind
1: i did because I, I mean he's the he's the prime example of what that means no matter who he's up against the match is going to be good him versus the big show could main event if they put up a storyline for it
0: and um, and, he, and he he's a goat hbk can be considered he's, a in, goat.
1: The, he's in the goat category there's really in, only a handful technicians, of technicians he can be a goat yeah the, the that ghost that goat category is not very big and punk is nowhere near it for as no. many things as he, he was very he was good at most things and he he, he, was, has, he was he was good a very good resume to back it up he's done a lot of things The wwe believed in him to carry a brand for a little bit and hold that title and they gave him two money in the banks and a lot of stuff happened for him
0: but a lot of that was just circumstance bubs it
1: really who, was who else and did they have sure that's that's a good point as well they picked a guy who they knew could get certain things over, but they knew at the same time that he wasn't going to be a main event WrestleMania player, even though you're holding that WWE championship, it doesn't guarantee you a spot on the main event of a WrestleMania. You have to, you have to, yes. Wow. I I have to, because it's a good example. Like even if you're that champion and you're really great at what you do, WrestleMania is a a really good
0: example. Um, and AJ Styles, as much as we love him. And I think, as far as an in-ring worker, he's I, I put AJ Styles above CM Punk, yep. um, but AJ Styles as good as he is, he's not someone that transcends. He's not someone that will uh, fill an arena just for his name. But only in he's someone that you put him, you put him on the card, and people are gonna, people are gonna come see AJ Styles. They're not gonna, you know. I hate to say this, but someone like Roman Reigns is a bigger draw. You know, we'll sell more tickets, but when you're there, you're gonna leave a bigger fan of AJ Styles. Yep. With CM Punk, it was just he was just another match on the card. His best feuds were against GOATs. Yeah. His feud with John, Cena, with John Cena. Chris Jericho. Yeah, Jericho too, yeah. His his feud his best feuds were with goats. And that that's all I can really say. He didn't make a feud better because he was in it. But when he had the right opponent, who was a big enough star, the feuds were great. Yeah.
1: And as we start to wrap this up, Bubs, I mean this really i hope is the last time we talk about cm punk because he's not one of my favorites i think he's done very well in the wrestling world he, like i said his resume is very nice but the internet has they have made him something to hate and i am just i'm not a fan of it so obviously i hope this colt cabana thing if it all is true i hope that co- that goes against cm punk and he has to kind of answer for that and Cabana, because I've met the dude. I've loved Colt Cabana. You have. He he was awesome, to you. We talked podcast, so that was nice. I hope he gets his money for that. But at the end of the day, CM Punk is a wrestler who had a very good time in the WWE, who wanted more, who left because he felt he wasn't getting enough, and I respect that, but that's not enough to make me think, oh, man, this dude's GOAT because he cut the shoot promo and won Wrestler of the Year two years in a row. Not enough we all need to kind of check that. We need to remember who was good before him and who's been yeah. better since him. And that goat conversation needs to be left for, pe- for people who are really the goats of this industry and not CM Punk. All
0: right. Yeah. You want to talk about a contemporary that can be considered a goat over him? Daniel Bryan won that award of Wrestler of the Year a lot more times than CM Punk yeah. uh, ever did. In fact, I think he won it every year from like 2003. Or two years. through 2008 or something like that. All those that. indie years for him were very yes. good, but the, the Wrestler Observer, at least. So yeah, I com- I completely agree with you, Bubs. We are on the same page now. If you want to, if you want to go back and listen to something that you know is why we're pro wrestling fans, though, you cannot deny the crowd. Reaction in Chicago, the night of Night of Champions. I mean, whoa, Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, yeah. Yeah, Money in the Bank 2011. Um, That is a great moment, uh, an amazing moment. And, you know, yes, we are harping a lot on the negatives of CM Punk. But if you go back and watch that Money in the Bank 2011, listen to that crowd reaction, it is one of a kind. It was truly... A spectacular kind of moment, spectacular kind of uh, atmosphere. But other than that, there's not a lot to kind of go back and just fall in love with when it comes to CM Punk.
1: But he'll always be romanticized by that select few of people who are going to continue to make him God because of what he did on the microphone. Oh, they'll come a, at you a, with, with a some vitriol. Oh, some. yes. And if you make a comment on Facebook or Twitter, be prepared to just <coughs> have to defend yourself and fight yes. off some people because I have been called some pretty shitty things in the past <laughs> regarding some CM Punk it's comments so that terrible. I made. And they were even casual, like, you know, random opinions. Like, I just said, well, he, he wasn't the best in-ring technician, but damn, did I love his promos. And somebody jumped down my throat and said, he's literally the greatest of all time you should look back and do some research and i'm like oh.
0: literally the greatest of all time <laughs> he told me
1: to do no. research too and i'm like what what have i not seen of punk? did you tell him that he
0: was drunk
1: i should have replied are you drunk punk huh are, are you? you but i didn't
0: so you should have His, this horror crack hit sister oh man good, good storylines
1: there right there I, with I like
0: jericho that. it was so good that. Anyway, bubs, there's 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 a new segment we would like to debut and this is really your kind of yes. your baby and I want you to kind of explain it and kick kick it off. So,
1: we're 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 all about some segments here on Collar and Nobo wrestling. This one is a short one, but it's a good one to get kind of everyone involved and we really want to know what you guys think of this one as well. And this is for you guys to get involved with as well on Facebook and on Twitter. So, it's a simple thing. What do we love that's going on in wrestling right now? But what do we hate that's going on in wrestling right now? So two things that we're both gonna be able to talk about right. and and see what what's going on in the wrestling world as we speak right now. So Bubs, I kind of threw that that one to you. I think maybe earlier today or maybe yesterday I told you we're gonna talk about this one. So I want to know yes. we're gonna start with the hate. And hate's a strong okay. word. I don't I don't. That's what the segment's gonna be called, hate and love, right? But. We don't hate the wrestling industry. There's a lot of things we dislike. There's some things that we're like, eh, not my thing. So don't think of it as such a negative word. But what do you hate in wrestling right now, Bubs?
0: Right now, what I hate in wrestling is just the constant comparisons that have to be made with insert promotion here versus WWE. Like if this company had the money of WWE, they would be you know, bigger and better. And really, people are just... What am I trying to say? There's... Instead of enjoying the product, they watch in order to find something to complain about. And and this was a reason why I've, you know, kind of... At one point, I've deleted a few apps and and just stayed off the internet. And I found myself enjoying, you know, wrestling in general more because I was just trying to escape all the the hate and negativity and just enjoy what was being brought to me on the screen. Um, but yeah, that's something that I really hate that's going on. Oh, just to
1: add something to that great point you're making right there, that comment that you're that you're talking about, I saw. More in one day, the day after Slammiversary happened for Impact
0: last month, month yes. and a half ago. And that, that's really one of the main things that I'm yeah. thinking about right
1: now. It was a very good, well done pay per view, and all the, you know, the marks for the Impact World. Those people do exist. They were on the internet saying, "Man, if they just had WWE money and WWE production, they would be blowing them out of the water, and they'd be catching Vince, and you know, all kinds of stuff." You know, in that area of conversation, I'm th- and I'm thinking. Well, that's not true. Yeah. You know, how, you know how long that would take? That's not a realistic thing. And then now we've seen the TV fall off on Impact. What do you expect, right? Yeah. So the comparisons don't need to happen. Their Impact can have good, decent TV, and we hope that they do. But it's just different TV. It doesn't have to be you know, competition necessarily. No, Although exactly. competition is great. We've seen that be a tremendous thing in this world. Just give me something different sometimes. If I'm not in the mood for a WWE storyline, you know what I can go to?
0: new japan Japan. exactly
1: i can find find anything that kazuchiko kata is doing and i can fall in love with it because there's all kinds of wrestling so let's not to me that's not
0: not everything has to be competition and and new japan to me is not competition for wwe because it's a it's its own separate you know brand it's an alternate product it is and you know people can try to turn this into a competition but Facts are facts. Three million people a week are watching raw, you know, two point six million people a week are watching SmackDown. And that's only going to increase once that moves the Fox. Yeah. And their oh, channels. Great. So there is no competition because what's impact getting on Pop each week? 240,
1: 250 K? If if that that and it fluctuates a lot too. They have a lot of fluctuation in their in their viewership which means there's not consistent fans. So those of you that call yourself a fan, you might want to get on the product a little bit.
0: Yeah, and, instead of know, trying to viewership. watch it illegally or yeah. you know, how sure. about you get a pop, you know? like yeah. a cable l- that
1: has pop and Can I get a link for this week's Pop TV? Oh like, my you, god. You bum.
0: Hey, hey, does anyone have a free link to uh, Slam Anniversary so I can watch uh, this? Yeah. I love it's way better. I love Impact. I love it, but I won't pay
1: for it. Get out. You're not a wrestling fan. All right, Bubs. That's good, my good point. Good that's point my hate. Me. What's what's your hate? My, my hate, and it really does stem as we speak from our NXT conversation. And my hate in wrestling right now is the WWE's immediate transition from NXT talent to the main roster.
0: Good, good. And
1: good. it, it really—I'm thinking of a few people, right? I'm thinking of Bobby Roode. I'm thinking of of Ember Moon, and I'm thinking of the AOP. So yes. These three major champions of the NXT brand, dominant AOP especially, dominant, they, they leave that brand, they all drop their titles, and they come up, right? And Bobby Roode, we were all excited at first, right? But in the back of our minds, everyone who knows wrestling knows that Bobby Roode, he has to be a heel, but yes, he, he hasn't been a heel. He's always he's
0: been, worked as a heel since he since he's
1: been in WWE. He's been glorious one, and it's been good. I've really been even a, in Impact. His best
0: it. work was as a heel. Sure, uh, he had some good runs as a face in Beer Money with James Storm, oh, but God. as God. a <laughs> as a face, good plug. I mean, as, as a, a heel, yeah. that's just that's his natural. He is an A minus heel, and maybe a B minus, you know, face. Yeah, in my opinion.
1: And they've stuck with that for a while, and now that he's come up, he's working Mojo Raleigh sometimes on, er, on early card, you know, no card type stuff. Uh, we talked about Ember Moon earlier. She had, she came up, was excited for it, of course, because I think she's got some great potential, but now she's on this 50-50 booking thing, and nothing's really happening for her when I expected her to be used in a significant way. And the AOP, this is a big ah. gripe with me because it's the tag team division. Uh, you and I love the tag divisions. We love heel tag teams, especially Go Revival. Yes, we want them to do top guys, great, great heel things. And the AOP—they've been either not on TV or they just simply haven't been booked in a similar capacity to the NXT thing. And I'm not complaining that it's different booking, but if it's working, it's working. AOP would dominate people and give them some jobbers, and it's over. I think they
0: should yeah keep put that the trend B going. team in front of them and they destroy the B team. Sure, I'm all about
1: that, but I'm not getting that, and I really want some attention paid. This is also a plug for the tag team division on both brands because the AOP is a great example of what could have been and what should have been, and so is the revival. Use these people, use these dominant tag teams that show themselves in your, you know, air quote developmental territory, and make them into something legitimate on that brand, bub. So that's what I'm hating right now with that dev- okay. that draw up to the main roster.
0: And here's a question I have for you, and it's what I wanted to bring up earlier. Uh, But decided to wait because you mentioned you wanted to talk about NXT and call-ups. And and my question is, what makes someone ready to be called up? I mean, look 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 at the list of people who are still in NXT or a list of people who were called up before someone else who you thought was a lot more ready. So right now think of mojo raleigh what why was he call up ready you know um let's see baron corbin why was he call up ready apollo cruz we said as soon as he got called up i said that is way too soon he is not ready
1: we squashed the apollo cruz thing quickly i think there's a it's a quick trigger in some guys because they see some potential. They do some really good things on a couple TVs in NXT, and they're like, ah, we can use this guy for a storyline. They see the potential soon. They see the potential in a Baron Corbin because he does have it. We've both admitted that. He's got something in there. Yes. We need to find a way to get it out. Apollo Crews, tremendous th- athlete, right? Tremendous at that. But that's it. That's all he has going for him. Mojo Rawley, I don't know. Some of these guys, I feel like if you just put in the time you get called up type of thing. You do enough work in the NXT and they're like, all right, well, we're going to, he you barely, up he been, barely I had he, a cup of coffee. <laughs> as he like he you didn't mentioned. much. He didn't do much of a cup of coffee. Oh, in there. But high bros. Get out of here. No, that high bros thing doesn't work for me, but you, you give him the Andre, the giant it, rem, Memorial battle Royal, though. It doesn't mean anything. And you start pushing guys because they see potential and that's enough for a call up for some people. I'm not going to be surprised if EC3 shows up quickly on the main roster brand without doing anything in the main event or holding a title in, a, in NXT, right. because I mean he's proven himself to be good,
0: and he, he's, he's a, been in developmental before, yes, so he WWE kind of knows what they have with him, and he's proven
1: himself in Impact. You know he's done a lot of yeah. good things, so it's 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 a little weird sometimes because they make guys like established stars like Nakamura go through the whole. For like book, a, booking of you know being a champion going from mid card up to the top of the card holding the title and then to debut type of thing same thing same with, with a bobby
0: Roode and samoa joe same
1: way but some guys you know they're gonna find valor you know, held the title for uh for golly yeah, for, he, forever right and he, he was good at that that position and they think well all right that's that's where they really treat it like a developmental. You do enough time, you do some things, you do the storylines we want you to do, and then we're gonna move you up. That's how the that's how it's used as a developmental. You you do enough things down there, you spend your time, we're gonna go ahead and bring you up and see what you're worth up here on the main roster because okay. on the main roster there's probably a little more stress, right? A little more you know seriousness, you know some better definitely a lot more lines. travel and sure. And they're gonna see how they handle that. And if they can't handle it, well, you know that's when you find yourself sliding down the card a little bit more, unfortunately. So it's really hard to say, bubs.
0: Well, I am glad that we had a chance to talk about that. But now it's time to talk about things that we love going on right now in professional wrestling. And my thing that I am loving right now in pro wrestling is, and and I hate saying this because I feel like a big mark. No, say this. it. You go be a mark. But, but this, this, this Tomasa Champa heel run, oh. on my yarn right now, <laughs> is a thing of absolute beauty. Is it not legendary? It it is one of the best heel runs I maybe have seen. <sighs> I don't know in how long. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the golden shovel era of Triple H. Okay, um, that's a in, in 2003. Ago, uh, I don't know. Ed, Edge's kind of his initial long extended heel run from 05 through, I guess, like 08, 09 when he was with Rated RKO before okay. he got hurt. Um,. But this is truly some amazing storytelling and work being done by Tommaso Ciampa and all of NXT. Uh, Even what he's doing on social media is great and clever. Um, The picture that he took, or or the uh, face swap he did with Triple H in that one picture was great (laughs) when when he called out The Undertaker that being the Undertaker's greatest moment of his career <laughs> was being in the ring with, with Tomasa Champa. It, it's great. I love it. And it to me it's the best thing going in wrestling right now. The hate, the hate alone that he gets from the fans is truly spectacular. Um, he doesn't even have entrance music and that's amazing. Yep. And uh, this feud with, with Johnny Gargano, I've said it before. I want to see it on WrestleMania For the NXT title, like to me, this feud is transcending, you know, the brand of NXT.
1: I think he is a major part of that transition of it becoming not so much developmental, but something more than that. So it's a that's a great point that you make, Bubs. Thank you. We've talked about this 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 Champa thing obviously several times before in person. We've talked about it on the show. We've tweeted Mm -hmm. about it, all kinds of stuff. Now, when it comes to the greatest heels of all time. I told you before, like, you know, Jericho's in that list. We've talked about this. We've we've named our our, our heels and our faces, Vince yeah, McMahon we did. Triple H. So when you think Rick Claire is, is he starting yeah, is he starting to put himself in that category simply because of this this is really one feud. This Bub's, is all Gargano and Ciampa that, that has sparked this feud. Tell me about this.
0: If he was wrestling if this was going on in the territory days he would be getting stabbed by, by fans. That's just he's how real it, heat, and that's he is getting thing. real legit. heel will heat. Um, this is something that transcend eras. Like he would be getting this heat no matter what era he was wrestling in. And that's saying something because there's not a lot of things in wrestling that transcends an era transcends eras. Um, but this is one of those things that like no matter what kind of time frame you put him in this works yeah um, i mean look at what happened with dusty roads and rick flair you know that feud dusty was you know this lovable face that just the whole world loved and rick flair just would beat him and he got huge heat for it same with flair and steamboat you know there's there's a ton of examples out there of feuds that no matter when they take place they're going to work and this is one of those
1: and it's it's interesting you talk about the no music thing there's rumors that Champa's going to be debuting actual music in about two weeks so we'll see what that's like because this no music thing especially I think it was two takeovers ago maybe three where he came out to the no music thing for the first time and the boos were just so god awful loud Yes, It it was hard to hear actual commentary from Moro. I remember we were on the phone for that one. I remember that specifically. So him being able to do that is something no one else can do. You remember about four months ago or so, they tried the Dolph Ziggler no entrance music thing when he was in WWE.
0: Stupid. It it didn't work.
1: Nothing happened. It wasn't even good good for the storyline. It didn't work. They do it with a guy like Ciampa. And the booze serenade him to the ring as we all yes. as, as half he the crowd soaks it in. Yes, half the crowd is legitimately booing him. A couple of them are like, "God, I'd actually hit him if I had the chance." That's how real they've made the storyline between him and you know Gargano. Because DIY was friends. such a
0: popular. So room. they were over as hell. They, the people loved him. The IWC loved him. You know, we all loved him. And I remember, I remember so vividly when that turn happened because. Oh. I, I just remember them being up at the ramp, and you had the little logo come up and the copyright, and you're thinking, okay, it's that's over. the end. And I was like, okay, because I think we kind of felt, because I was saying that Gargano was going to be turning. That was, if you remember, that was kind of mm-hmm. my angle going that in. That they're going to lose, and. You know, Gargano is going because it kind of looked like he was, you know, looking more aggressive and yeah, a different, different thing, Yeah, that we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and that then all of a sudden, he's getting thrown into wow. in, into the Titantron or you know yeah. whatever, all that stuff and the screen, yeah, screen. And yeah. I was just floored by it, and I just kind of watched like this is so good, but I could tell. I could kind of tell Chompa was hurt so I was like, oh, I hope I can't wait for NXT can't wait to see the aftermath and then you find out that he's going to be out for a year and you're like, I don't know if he can keep this heat going oh, Well, well Little <laughs> did I know I'm retarded
1: I can't think of a more relevant heel in the last 10 years than him We've seen people play heel characters, bubs yes. Randy Orton is one of the better ones he, he Oh, yeah, absolutely currently as well but, like, we have to go back years. You mentioned old Triple H, old Edge. I mean, I brought up Vince McMahon. We're talking 20 years back at this point. Like, sure. there's there's not many things that fans really hate and can buy into K Fabe anymore. And he's brought back K Fabe a little bit. We all kind of hate him.
0: Because cause we just loved watching. Uh, one of my favorite videos that I saw was him and Gargano would follow uh, Bobby Roode everywhere and would play his theme song in <laughs> random places for <laughs>
1: those videos
0: in the gym I remember I yes, did one specific. it was so good um but God, this is just great and to me it's the best thing going in all of wrestling
1: I'm not gonna agree with you bubs cause I have something That's I wanna fine. throw at you as well but I do love it you know I love you're it you're wrong my, my topic's a little more broad so maybe it's not as specific but real Ooh, cool, evolution before, before we wrap this up nope no, oh, um sorry Uh, The thing that I love in wrestling right now is the current success of the mid-card titles, bubs. So what I mean, let me read some names for you. Seth Rollins, Heel Nakamura, Ricochet, Chris Jericho, Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, Punishment Martinez, and Brian Cage. All the major shows, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor, IWGP, WWE, All their mid-card titles, IC, North American, the U.S., the IWGP U.S., IWGP Never Open Weight, Ring of Honor TV title, and the X Division. These are all held by successful or guys that have just ridiculous amounts of potential. Brian Cage, loaded with potential. Punishment Martinez, loaded with size, too. Huge size, and he's great at what he does. You and I every show every goddamn show that we do we talk about the icy title for some reason because we love it right because it's, it's the
0: title I grew up dreaming it's, it's of holding one day right?
1: and right now it's on the biggest face in probably all of the WWE brand but at least on Raw for sure and Seth Rollins right you got heel Nakamura which has been working since they turned him Face yes. Nakamura not so much Ricochet Oh my God! Do we all love Ricochet, right? Because yes. he's doing what he's he's doing what he's doing. He's great at what he does. Jericho, fucking goat, holding the IWGP IC title. He hasn't defended the thing. He's held it since June, I think. But who else are you gonna put it on? It makes it more legitimate. Juice Robinson. We talked yeah, about got him got earlier. He's got
0: the sweet Brock Lesnar deal going on, and people yeah, they're not hating they're not hating him for it.
1: Yeah, fucking cowards! You should be giving Jericho some shit. But nonetheless. The US Tell him he's proving NJPW. We we got Juice Robinson, who's loaded with potential. CJ yeah. Parker wasn't great in NXT. Well, Juice Robinson is really good in New Japan. So Soroki Goto, right? The never-open weight. All those yes. matches are are exciting stuff. And though the, the ROH TV title, it goes back and forth between some some guys, right? But Punishment Martinez, he's Okay. I'm all about him as well. And Brian Cage full of hey, Give
0: me potential. Jay Lethal as a double champ so again.
1: Double champ would be nice as well. Jay Lethal's the dude who can run that brand. But I bring that up, Bubs, because right now, opinions are back and forth right, on all these major champions. Austin Aries is trying to hold every title in the world. Not a we got, fan. We, I know. We got Roman Reigns. Some people are meh towards that. That's cool. I'm all about it. We got AJ Styles. Okay? We have Kenny Omega. All about Omega. that. Right, we got a lot about that, and you already said Jay Lethal. We got Jay Lethal. We have all these champions that are, you know, a little bit back and forth, but at the same time, the mid cards really run your brand. We have talked about that before. If you have a solid mid card and a good mid card champion
0: holding your championships, you're going to be in good position. So that's what made WCW so good in the uh, mid to late nineties. Mm-hmm. Is that their mid card was you know, your T V champ was, you know, Chris Benoit, Booker T, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, you know, you had the cruiserweight division. It's just the, the mid card was so good. You even had the US title, Goldberg, your US, US title channel. was hot
1: back then, Bubz. Yes. Yeah.
0: So we have all these
1: guys and every match that they put on, you know, it's it's very good. It's very watchable. And the more relevant of You're a person watchable. that you that you put the yeah, I am. The more relevant person that you have holding that title, the more relevant your brand becomes. And usually, that that mid card title is very well exposed to the crowd. It's usually, you know, in some good lead off matches, or it's in, you know, a, a good secondary. It's the you know, belt
0: that's type. always on, you can always count on it being on every show, it's no matter every, what.
1: Yeah, it's at every show. It's at every house show. It's at every WWE live event. For an example, those those things are going to be defended. Now you know most of the time they're not going to be you know championships aren't going to change they're not going to change hands of somebody else but you get to see the damn thing so right now bubs of all those names I just at, said all, all of them right there they're all very good wrestlers Yes, they're making those titles look very well and I am loving the current
0: state of the mid card title I love 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 the mid card scene growing up all, my favorite wrestlers were always part of the mid card you know uh Growing up, being a huge fan of, you know, when I first got into wrestling, you know, Shawn Michaels before he got into the main event. Um, moving further along, I was a huge fan of Chris Benoit in WCW mm-hmm. and Booker T. Booker T. Um, moving further along, Jeff Hardy was a I was a big fan of Raw Van Dam. You know, just these mid card guys that you know you can you can invest in and get behind because they are on in on every show every yeah. week they're always on and there's always a hint of you know he he's been the ic champ he can he could maybe contend for the big belt you know you always had that feeling just because they were right there so close to it yeah yeah and so i've i am a huge fan of the mid card so i definitely see where you're coming from on uh your your big love going on right now and I I'm fully support it bubs. I love
1: it bubs. This is a segment we're going to keep doing because there's there's constant change week in and week out in the wrestling world at least on all the major brands that we're watching. So it's something we're going to try and plug each week because, you know, sometimes we love something yeah. one week and the next week we're wrestling like Wrestling oh, is so I,
0: fluid. That. It's very yeah. really fluid. Things happen quickly. <laughs> there's nothing static about wrestling at all.
1: No. So that's why I think this is a good thing that we're going to keep doing. Except we want Roman Reigns will main event WrestleMania. That's something you can count on. That is very we're, static. We're always going to have Roman. Hell, it might be good every time too, except for a Triple H match. Outside of that, quit bitching about it, folks. But uh, it's something we want you guys to get involved in with us on the Twitter, on the old Facebook. Let us know what you love. What do you? Where can they well. find
0: us on on those sites, oh, Bubs? Well, if you get
1: on the old Facebook, just search Collar Noble Wrestling. I call her X elbow. That's not going to no. need you.
0: That's yeah. a job squad over there. There's a lot of jobbers
1: on that one. But on the Twitter where we're doing our most damage, of course, at CAE Wrestling, that's where we're going to be plugging away, tagging a lot of folks, putting the links up to this to download as well on all the downloading platforms. So we'll be there, Bubs. You know where to find me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, really on, on our one of our next shows, I want to kind of delve into the topic of the shield – and where they have, I guess, the way ahead for the Shield. Like, where we see them going, you know, from here on out. Three top-level single guys kind of in a stable together. So I think that that would be some interesting discussion. I want to thank Kyle uh, for giving me that kind of idea. I'll tag you on Facebook um, but, yeah, I'm very excited about what's going on in wrestling. Just Wrestling just continues to grow, continues to become something bigger than what it's ever been. We're so m- much more connected now as fans. We're connected to other fans, connected to these companies, to the product. And, honestly, together we can make wrestling great again, guys. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.